the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You know, there are some churches with a lot of activity, but they're not particularly healthy. There's not much teaching. There's not much substance to their church. They're just busy. But not this church. This church had high doctrinal standards, and therefore they refused to overlook sin amongst their members, as well as they refused to tolerate false teachers. Because Jesus said, you cannot tolerate evil men. You practice church discipline. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. Teachers who rose up and said, God is speaking through me. And Jesus said, you don't tolerate that stuff. That sure sounds like a good church. Can you guess which New Testament church Pastor Steve was describing? It was Ephesus. And today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff will be concluding his fourth message in a series of studies about spiritual warfare. Our text, by the way, is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. We are finishing up a close examination of what Paul meant when he said that we are to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We at Verse by Verse Ministries are pleased to be able to present these messages to you thanks to this great radio station. In the last two classes, we talked about how a physical breastplate covering a soldier's heart and other vital organs is similar to the believer protecting his emotions. We talked about the three different kinds of righteousness and concluded that Paul was referring to practical righteousness and not to self-righteousness or imputed righteousness. Today, Pastor Steve will wrap it up by showing us how we actually put on the breastplate of righteousness. I remember years ago talking to a young man who wanted to debate with me the importance of Christ's lordship. And he was saying, you know, all, essentially he was saying, all you have to do is come to Jesus, believe that he died for your sins, and it really, if you want to obey him as Lord, fine. If not, it's okay. And, and I, I tried to persuade him as best I could that that was wrong and that was unbiblical. And, you know, I was so saddened to find out that this, this young man had fallen away. Uh, I've lost track of him. He used to go here for a little while, and he's, he's gone and spiritually just went off the deep end. And it only makes sense. If you get sloppy in your Christian walk, Satan sees an opening there. Listen, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. If you've never read Kent Hughes' book, The Disciplines of a Godly Man, you would be well spent to to use your money to purchase that book. Even, even if you're not a man, a woman would benefit from that. It's just it, now he does emphasize manly issues, but he's he's talking about discipline. Nothing ever great was accomplished without discipline. And that's not legalism. Legalism is you do these things to make yourself look good. Discipline is you do these things for God's glory to make him look good and to be pleasing to him. 
Discipline is what's necessary. And the imagery that Paul is talking about in 1 Timothy 4, 7 is the imagery of an athlete who trains. I've been reading about those who are training track and field and they are working now. They have been working for years. I read yesterday about a man from Ethiopia who said, this is so important, I'm getting older, but this is the highlight of a life. The Olympics only comes around once in four years, and I am training differently, and I have to compensate for getting a little older. And and Listen, that's how an athlete approaches it. We are to have the same kind of discipline for godliness. That's what Paul is saying. No one ever grew spiritually just because they had intentions to grow. You've got to be disciplined. If you get sloppy, there's an opening for Satan to lure your heart away from Christ. And before you know it, you're out of fellowship with the Lord because you're following after your own desires. See, holy living is the greatest defense you have against Satan's offense. Holy living. It was that great Scottish man of God, Robert Murray McShane, who once said, a holy man is an awesome weapon in the hands of God. What a great statement. Put aside all the techniques, all the methodologies, all the seeker-sensitive stuff that people run to. That's not going to help you in the thick of the battle. Holiness is. Now, let's try to put this all together. You want to keep in mind that to the Hebrew mind, a breastplate protected your midsection, which they associated with feelings and affections. And it makes perfect sense because we kind of do the same thing. Therefore, the principle of the protective breastplate is that only your practical righteousness, your personal commitment to live by God's word guards your heart from Satan's attacks. Basically, it just boils down to this timeless truth. The way to keep your heart warm and in love with the Lord Jesus is to maintain fellowship with him by being diligent to obey his word. You want a warm, loving relationship with Christ? Then obey him. Obey him inwardly, outwardly, Obey him. This is how you keep fresh. This is how you protect your heart from Satan drawing your affection away from the Lord. And and let me tell you that Satan is so cunning and he's so shrewd and he's so deceptive and so sly that he will draw your heart away from Christ and you don't even realize it. You don't even recognize it. He's that subtle. And I want to give you an illustration of this. This, We're going to be here for a while. Revelation chapter 2. You're going to see the subtlety by which Satan operates. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we're given, we're given seven letters. Seven letters to seven unique and distinct and literal churches in the first century. In the area we call Turkey, but then it was called Asia Minor. And interestingly enough, one of those letters was addressed, these are personal letters from Jesus to these seven churches. One of those letters was addressed to the church at Ephesus, the very church that Paul warns about satanic attacks. And did they get it? Yes. Look at verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write. The angel here probably refers to the pastor teacher, the primary speaker. Here's the message. Write this. Okay. So you know that this was to the church at Ephesus, and that church was attacked. That church really experienced Satan's onslaughts. This is the church that had false teachers who came into the church and actually became elders in the church. Paul had warned the elders of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20 this would happen. From amongst your own selves, he said, men will arise to draw disciples away to themselves. 
that, that happened. In First and Second Timothy, that's the background. That's where Timothy is when Paul writes to him. Timothy's biggest problem, you know what it was? He had false teachers there who were fellow elders with him. Now, that's a tough one. But this was also a church that God had blessed with great teachers. You may not realize the depth of teaching that God had blessed Ephesus with. Paul was there for two years. In addition, Apollos was there in his ministry. Apollos was that Jewish man, we're told in Acts 18, who was mighty in the scriptures. Timothy spent time there, as we said. And even the apostle John was involved in ministry there towards the end of his life. And so it's not surprising that Jesus would commend this church for great teaching, for being strong, for being uh, uh, active and serving him and doctrinally very orthodox. And he says that. Notice verses 2 and 3. He commends them. He says, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. What he's saying is, first of all, this was an active church. Very energetic, very much alive, hardworking. The word toil he he uses here literally means to the point of exhaustion. They just must have plopped into bed at night. They're so exhausted from serving the Lord. And they carried out their work under very difficult circumstances. Difficult circumstances because the word perseverance would imply that uh, they were being opposed and there was persecution. But they weren't only a a busy church. You know, there are some churches with a lot of activity, but they're not particularly healthy. There's not much teaching. There's not much um, substance to their church. They're just busy. But that, not this church. This church had high doctrinal standards and therefore they refused to overlook sin amongst their members as well as they refused to tolerate false teachers. Because Jesus said, you, t- you cannot tolerate evil men. I take it that what he means by that is you practice church discipline. You don't tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. You found them to be false. Teachers who rose up and said, God is speaking through me. And, and Jesus said, you don't tolerate that stuff. Folks, this was a great church. If... if um, if this church was in our neighborhood, you'd all be there rather than here. That, and I would be too, listening to John and, and Paul and Timothy. But you know what? This church had a problem. This church had a problem. In the, in Those sound teaching, active service, addressing sin, all that, in the midst of, of, of greatness, there was a serious flaw. And Jesus puts his finger on it in verse 4. But I have this against you. I have this against you. I commend you for what is right and good, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. What an amazing statement. They had allowed their original devotion and affection for Jesus to diminish. In other words, we would say the honeymoon is over. The thrill is gone. That excitement that, that you had when you first met your, your spouse-to-be, couldn't stop thinking about them. There, there was just high energy. There was something so very special about that person and your love relationship with that person. Well, that's the way it should have been, and that's the way it should be all the time in our relationship with Christ. That's first love. Now, the Lord isn't saying that you no longer love me, 
Just saying the first love type of love is gone. See, their, their love for Christ had grown routine. It had grown stale. They had become a church of, of great morality and doctrinal orthodoxy, but they had become cold and sterile. Cold and sterile. Why? Because they had become careless. Careless in their own personal righteousness, and that's where Satan attacked them. Now, why do I say that? Am I reading into the text? No. How do I know that they had become careless in personal righteousness and that was the problem and that's why their affection was drawn away? All you have to do is is read on to verse 5. Verse 5, because Jesus said, Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. The the removal of the lampstand means I'm putting you out of business. You're no longer going to be a church. And if you go to Ephesus today, this church doesn't exist. And that, that is what happened. A great church snuffed out like a candle. Now that's sad and all too common even today. We will get right back to our lesson after we pause a moment to greet those of you who have just tuned in. This is Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class taught by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you did miss the start of class, stick around afterward, and I'll tell you how you can find it on the Internet. What can we do to keep the fire going? How can we maintain, or in many cases, rekindle the first love that the Lord wants us to have for Him? Pastor Steve has some great suggestions for us, and here he is now. But notice here, the Lord commands them to remember the early days of uh, following their conversion. What was it like? He said, think back and remember your conversion. In other words, remember uh, your love relationship with me, what it was like, the joy before it became cold. He says, think back. And then he said, repent. You'll see how far you've fallen. Repent, which means to forsake your sin and change. But what should they change? Notice this. He says, Return and do what you did when your love for me was warm and fresh and vibrant. Folks, what the Lord is referring to is do the deeds of personal righteousness that kept the flames of passion alive. This is precisely what they had gotten sloppy in. Were they orthodox? Yes. Were they teaching sound doctrine? Yes. Were they active? Yes. Were they involved in evangelism? I'm sure they were. Did they deal with sin? Yes, but they had still become sloppy and careless in doing the deeds that they should have been doing to keep their relationship warm and alive with Christ, personal devotion to Him. What would that be? Because you know what? This speaks to us, doesn't it? What is it? What do we do to maintain a warm and personal devotion to our Lord? Well, here are the deeds that they did. Here are the deeds that we did. Here are the deeds we need to get back to. If you've fallen from this, daily devotions, spending time in prayer with him. If you're too busy to open up the Bible, spend some time in the word. If you're too busy to spend time in prayer, you're too busy. That's not, you're, that's not the busyness that God wants for you. You're too busy. You're busier than he ever intended you to be. Close fellowship with other believers. If you don't have that, then you can't, you can't do deeds of personal righteousness. There can't be affection for Christ. You need to have some people that you don't get together with just to get together, but there's fellowship. You, you center the conversation around the things of God. I have so appreciated the Friday morning men's Bible study because that's what we do. 
That's what we do. It is a marvelous time of fellowship. That's what we're talking about, fellowship. Worship and praise, witnessing to others, confessing your sin, especially repenting over sinful attitudes. That's where we get sloppy. We might think of the externals, but sinful attitudes, lack of forgiveness, jealousy and pride and covetous and lust, and being diligent to quickly apply what you read in Scripture to your situation. That's, that's what keeps us vibrant in our affection to Christ, not reading the Bible and then putting it away and forgetting about it. But what am I going to do about this? If I read something in Scripture, if I read, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, what am I going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? Otherwise, it's just information. How are you going to demonstrate Christ's life, love? I'm just giving that as an example. See, doing these kinds of deeds of personal righteousness once drew you close to the Lord because that's how you maintain warmth with Him. And these are the kinds of deeds that make up the breastplate of righteousness. So if you are not practicing these spiritual disciplines, then you need to repent and you need to get back to this. This is what guards your heart. So, It leads us to a third question. What was the function of the breastplate? To protect the soldier's vital organs. In what way does righteousness provide protection? It it protects our feelings, our emotions, our, our affection from being drawn away from Christ. Third question, how do we do it? Practically speaking, how do we put on the breastplate of righteousness? Which is another way of saying, how do we resist the devil by addressing sin in our lives so that we have a breastplate covering and protecting our hearts from him. And the answer is found in James chapter 4, verse 7. You want to know how to do it practically speaking? You want to know what it all boils down to? James 4, 7. Great verse to memorize. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The first step in putting your protective breastplate on is submission to the Lord's authority. In other words, obey his authoritative word. Daily obey his word. You read it in the Bible, you do it. Practical righteousness begins with a commitment and a determination to obey the commands and principles of Scripture. And according to James, submitting to God's word is precisely the same thing as resisting the devil. Satan will flee from those who practice personal righteousness of obedience as you submit to the Lord. Is your heart in submission to him? How do you do this? That's found in verse 8. Second step. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. The way we submit is we draw near. In other words, if you want to be protected from Satan, pulling you away from loving Christ, and you must draw near to the Lord by spending time with him in prayer and the word. That's how you draw near to him. You spend time in prayer. You spend time in the word. In other words, you must pursue a close love relationship with Christ. It's not going to happen unless you do something about it. Notice the Lord doesn't say he'll draw near to you. He says draw near to him. So you have to do that. So you know what? You have to be thinking, what changes am I going to make? Am I going to get up a little earlier tomorrow, spend time in the word? Am I going to set aside 15, 20 minutes to pray? Am I going to make a prayer list? Am I going to start meditating on scripture? Maybe take a little verse and memorize it? Am I going to let the word of of God dwell in me richly that I'm going to deal with attitudes in my life that are wrong? Am I going to do that? Is that what's hindering me from my closeness with the Lord? That may very well be the issues. I don't feel close to Christ. Now, we don't want to base things on our feelings, but it may very well be that you don't feel close to Christ because you're not. And if you're not, then get back to what once you had, that, that passion that was once there. Let's bow for prayer.
Are you protected? Do you have a breastplate that covers you? Breastplate of personal righteousness? If not, you're, you're fair game for the devil. I, I urge you to consider these truths. How is your love for the Lord? Does Jesus say to you, you've left your first love? Now, you may be teaching a Sunday school class. You may be a leader in this church. You may be very involved in, in evangelizing people. You, you may be very active in service. You may be uh, very involved in the Iwana program and love that ministry. But have you left your first love? Oh, I, I urge you, if you have, to come back to Christ. Paul said it. Simplicity and godly devotion to him. That's what it's all about. You may know a great deal about theology, but never divorce theology from loving the Lord. Never. And it's never too late to come back to pursue that precious love relationship with him. If you're sloppy, then get disciplined. And if you're a non-Christian, then you need to today draw near to the Lord by calling upon him to save you. I urge you to do that. Jesus is the only way to heaven because he is the only one who paid for the sins of his people. Trust him. Trust his salvation. I'll give you a few moments to speak to the Lord. Talk to him about sin issues. Repent. Implement, though. Make specific plans to change and get that breastplate of righteousness on. Father, we know it's so easy to drift because our enemy is so subtle. We can be so active, involved, in, even in ministry, church-related things that we can fail to see that that first love is gone. Lord, I pray for those who um, are convicted by that and those who say, that's my experience. I pray that you'll help them to remember and to repent and to return to the deeds they did at first. I think, Lord, all of us at one time can say, Lord, bring, bring back, back the springtime to my heart. Bring back that revival and renewal. But it won't happen, Lord, unless we are consciously in obedience to you. So, Lord, I pray for each one here, each one who knows you, that they would be sure to put on the breastplate that is righteousness. And, Lord, I pray for those who don't know you. I know the only way that they can be righteous is with imputed righteousness on their account because we have no righteousness of our own. So I pray that what, what has been said from that will register with them. And then, Lord, I pray you'll bring them to yourself and begin to produce the righteousness of Christ and sanctification in them. May you take your word, Lord, and give clarity and power to it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we all have room for improvement in our relationship with the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for those practical suggestions as to how we can renew our love for our Redeemer and King. We are delighted to have you with us today for Verse by Verse. Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff is helping us get a clear understanding of each piece of the armor of God that Paul listed in Ephesians chapter 6. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving since 1981. His expository or verse-by-verse -verse messages make the transition to radio format through the work of Verse-by-Verse -verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry, 
supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners like you who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download the audio to listen later. There is also a free podcasting service if you would like to take advantage of that. The archives page stores many of our previous programs. Feel free to download any of them that you would like to hear or share with a friend. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. Our class today was the conclusion of a three-part message. To listen to the entire message at once, you can order a CD or a cassette tape. Just call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. I hope what we have learned so far about the armor of God has been useful for you. Each piece of armor paints a rich picture of the ways that we can guard ourselves against satanic attacks. The devil is a powerful enemy, but God makes available to us everything we need to resist him. This is Peter Silseth inviting you to join us next time on Verse by Verse for a look at the next piece of armor God has made available for our protection. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by We're here to give you strength between Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.